This podcast episode talks about cerebral palsy. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Hi, thank you for joining us for And Life Happened. Today we have Oswald with us, and he's going to share his resiliency story after being born premature and with cerebral palsy. Hi, Oswald. Hello, Oswald. Good, e- good evening to you both. It's, it's, I'm, thank you for having me. Thank we you are for being excited. here. Yeah. So why don't you start out by sharing your, um, your, your premature birth story, um, and then go from there. Okay. So, so it was born 1885. It, we were, and the second, second child, child of my parents, I have my, have my twin, have my twin sister. And we, we were born, were born six weeks early. And the story, go, the story goes that we were in, uh, in the in the NICU at Flushing Hospital, the ba- all the babies were passing away around us, mm. and my parents didn't expect us to survive e- survive either. Mm. But somehow we somehow we did. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about your resiliency. When it comes to my resiliency, I didn't really realize like most of it. I didn't really realize most of it growing up though. Because when, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you're sort of oblivious to mm-hmm. nearly everything that's going on. It was just only, only about around middle, like middle middle school, when the first slate of surgery I just began to realize that oh my leg my my legs were both bo- both both deformed. Mm. That oh my. Like one's one, one eye isn't the vision, and one eye isn't so great. That the fact that I have a scar on my neck, which, since being the fact that we were both, we were both born premature, the scar in the neck is where they put the feeding tube in mm-hmm. for us to gain weight because we were mm-hmm. so so tiny. I didn't. So yeah, like all of that, like. I kind of re- began to realize all of this much later in life than I did, mm-hmm. particularly the point where I just I would read my like individualized education plans from late from elementary and middle school, and eventually, re- eventually reading those, I'm like, oh, I have cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. thought of myself back then, you know. I thought myself back then as someone that had has cerebral, has cerebral palsy or is cl- classi- classified as learning disabled. I was mm. just going through my school years with the rest of my colleagues. We were all sort of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. That had to be tough. I mean, coming into middle school, everybody's becoming, you're becoming really aware of things. Every everybody's kind of tuning into it. Um, and middle schoolers are tough mm-hmm. <laughs> on each other. Um, and mean <laughs> often <laughs> to each other. I mean, what a, what a hard period for you. It was, but I, but I, I guess I was motivated. 
I was motivated to like be more than just what my limitations were. Mm. Like I, I did prove it. I mean, I gra- gra- went through school, graduate, re- went through school. Like I would just to the point where eventually, like I would, I started out in special education, but eventually, by the time middle school and the start of high school came around, like I would start like start joining everyone else being Mm -hmm. in in regular in regular classes with everyone else by the latter half of the time back in the high school came around I was I joined in with the in general in the general educate classes with the rest of my colleagues Mm -hmm. large that's amazing Mm mm-hmm so tell us about your writing. My writing, that in addition, well, it started out as just merely writing for my parents, birthday cards, Mother's Day card, Father's Day card in middle school. But it didn't re- I didn't really begin to notice it until my senior year in high school. And it was this one particular day where my English teacher gave us a found poetry assignment. A found poem is basically you're given a list of words on, a, on the sheet of paper and you turn it into a poem. Hmm. So I, to this day, I wonder like what like my teacher saw in it that like made her remark on the left margin of the paper, Oswald, you're a poet. Hmm. And all hmm. I could just like think to myself was like, really? Like, I didn't think of my words then as poetry. Hmm. Do you still have that poem? I possibly, like, I have this separate, like, separate, I don't know, like, I, not sure, actually. Like, I I have this, like, blue folder in my bookcase Mm -hmm. of, like, old, like, rough drafts that late, in the in my college years, I would like give short short playwriting a stab. It was really just me, like just envisioning my future, mm-hmm. because like I during the college years, I I went to I graduated from John Jay College of Criminal Justice, my bachelor's degree in criminal justice, but in between classes. The Time Warner Center on 59th Street and Columbus Avenue was nearby. So I'll just hang around the bookstore mm-hmm. and come around the drama section and just started reading the plays off the shelves. And eventually there was a brief period where I would just like sit around in classics writing this out, just sketching these short plays of what my future would look like. So pretty much like my writing is a bit has evolved a bit from writing cards from family to the accidental and accidental discovery to the playwriting phase. Eventually I would at the advice of friends turn my first blog into my first blog, which was just a, a Zanga webpage for about a year year or so in the co- in college and I would come back around to my writing later on 
few years down the road. What's your favorite thing to write? Just, I like writing, do like writing my poems. Yeah. It's just, it's just small snapshots of whether it be reliving a moment, a feeling that I'm going through, writing for someone else, or writing an afterpiece based in response to someone else's poem that I thought I liked enough to give it a go on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, Oswald, um, your writing is so important in your life. And you said, you know, I, you were motivated to be more than just what your limitations were. What was that? I mean, because I think the easy road would probably the easy road would be, yeah, okay, this is just me, like, you know, and like almost that other mindset, the flipping of the mindset of what you had, um, what really like motivated you to be like, no, (laughs) no. I guess it was just me like wanting to be like, wanting to be like everyone else. Like I just, I always like, whether it be like, so it would be years of like braces, orthopedics, even this ridiculous looking contraption that went down from the hip all the way down to the legs. I just felt like I wanted, just wanted to feel like I was everyone else, mm-hmm. like I was everyone else instead of just being this somebody different or somebody or looked out, looked less upon because of my constraints. And I, I think what I heard too is that um, you kind of used writing, um, like you said, you were using it to kind of vision the world you wanted for yourself or, mm-hmm. or that. Um, so writing really became such a, a way for you to express yourself. Is that right? It is because mm-hmm. I was like, I, other mediums, like I wasn't great. I took ceramics in high school. I wasn't mm-hmm. really great at it. I took guitar in high school. Like I could play like certain parts of the song, but when it came time to play the whole thing, like I couldn't do it without lobby, without messing up. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I, I, I eventually came around the, the writing kind of became my, became my thing. It just, for the fact that I was kind of overcompensating for the stammering, stuttering nature of which I speak. Mm-hmm. So I just figure, like, when it came to my writing, it's the it, it speaks for me better than I do when I mm. speak to another person with my voice. What would you tell somebody? You know, I, I hear your story, and we kind of uh, talked about this before we started recording, but about you know people saying you're strong, you know, and I hear your story, and I think about. <laughs> all of the strength you're showing and the things you've done. And, and yet often we don't feel strong when we're the person that's in it. Um, what would, you know, what would you tell someone, um, who's coming to you and saying, you're strong. I don't know if I could be strong like you, like, what would you want them to hear? It's okay to have those moments of doubt and it's okay to not know all the answers. Like no one, Mm -hmm. like for the fact that like, we're all, like the strength is purely at the surface. Like it doesn't like the full, and it's only just one part of us. Like you don't know, like 
deep down, like how much strength, like deep within, it's taking to like to show the world that you're strong on the outside. Mm. It does take a lot of resilience to like build that up deep down. So I have, I don't want to shift gears and I feel like I might be going backwards, but I've been wanting to ask this question and I know I'm going to forget because <laughs> that's how my brain works. I'll forget. Um, how does your writing and your poetry make you feel more resilient or does it make you feel more resilient? And if it does, how does that help you? How does it help? It just, I just put it all out, put it on the sheet, like just instead of like keeping all the fears, doubts, worries, anxieties in my mind, where it has it, where it has a tendency to like come out and come out. It just like putting it all to paper, it just helps, it just helps me see, helps me visualize it. Even though the fact that I'm not like physically, not a physical, it's purely visual element. It's not mm-hmm. physical. Like I'm not physically like seeing the, seeing all of this. It's just me putting it on, on the, putting it through Canva or like writing it down. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just, the writing helps build my resiliency by putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. And then how much, you know, I think it's, um, because I know you write and share with others, um, <laughs> And I, you know, I might be able to write something, but then sharing with others, oh, I am not able to be that vulnerable. Um, so how do you, I mean, you're very open and you write and you're writing things about your, you know, like, and sharing it with others. How, how is that part of that? Um, do you ever get worried about that or, you know, like what you're writing to others or whatever? Usually it's more everyone everyone else is more worried about me than mm. I worry about and I worry about when I write like it's just I don't realize that like I have like the dark there are certain moments where I have like the dark night of the soul the soul mm. running through me when mm-hmm. I when I post my poems and particularly caption my pieces like I don't realize mm-hmm. it it's just me like the particular like, mood that I'm in is so strong that I don't realize that I'm like getting like too heavy and dark mm. before like I only like after I press share and everyone else like realizes it do I realize okay maybe like I going a little too deep mm. in what I'm putting out there maybe I should I shouldn't like feel I shouldn't be thinking that every like negative moment is like the end of the world. It sounds like though, that's, it's a huge processing thing for you. So instead of you, (laughs) what I thought I heard you say was like, that's how you can kind of get it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so while it may bother other people or whatever to read it for you, it's super healthy because then you're not carrying it with you. You're you're like, okay, let me put this out here and now I can be done with it. Is that how it works for you? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it works. Like once I like put it out there, it's just, I'm releasing mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. like the, the negative emotions or negative, the negativity that's 
in my head that eventually like makes its way onto screen or paper. And once I put it out there, it's like, I let it go. It's cathartic. It is like, every, I, like this is like the way, this is my writing is my mode of catharsis. Mm-hmm. So what about um, others? <clears throat> do you, have you given advice or do you have advice for others who maybe want to start writing for the same purpose to have that um, way to, you know, the outlet for their emotions? Well, there is no like wrong way. There is no wrong way to have an outlet for one's emotions. Like they should do like someone should do what feels comfortable for them, whether it be if they're an artist and they like to paint, they can, that's how they go ahead and do so. Like if you like Mm -hmm. to turn your, turn it into lyrics for music, that works too. Like there's a, there's not just one way to like catharsis isn't just like limited to just one medium. It can be it can be whatever medium you like as long as you feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I would tell someone like catharsis can take many different forms. It doesn't have to be solely written down. Right. Have you tried other media? Not real, not really. It's just the writing it, writing it down, like seems to be my preferred, yeah, my preferred way of expressing expressing my expressing myself. Though, like, oh, that and like my my photos. Mm -hmm. Like I, particularly when it comes to the places where I've traveled to. And the things that I see and do, chances are like you'll find my camera, my my Canon PowerShot camera hanging off the strap of my arm, hanging on my arm tied by its strap, like taking photos of everything that I Mm -hmm. come across. Is the photography also part of your resilience, you think? It is because like seeing those photos, particularly the ones of like the traveling, traveling, mm-hmm. which if you'd asked me like back, back when I was a kid, would I eventually like eventually be traveling at several trips to Europe on my own, I wouldn't have believed, believed him back then had I said that. But there I am like, there I mm-hmm. am like, jo- there I am like landing in Madrid, landing in Madrid in the wee hours of the morning. There I am, like, see, walking up to Picasso's Guernica at the Reina Sofia Museum. Amazing. Admiring its majesty mm-hmm. and not having, not having a single other person in the space but me mm-hmm. to be, to be able to, like, walk, to be able to walk up to walk around the streets of Barcelona and then, oh, there's La Sagrada Familia in all its particular majesty right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like there I am, like the cliff, the natural wonder of the Cliffs of Moor on a really bad day weather-wise, but the rain, fog, and the clouds making the Irish, Irish Sea even more ominous 
yet somehow awe-inspiring mm-hmm. to to be able to to be able to walk able to like marvel at the azulejo tiles in portugal and mm-hmm. to see, to walk a, to walk the steep hill of mont saint michel in france seeing the abbey at the very top of the hill and this is only just like a small like converse small like sampling of the trap the traveling side of my mm. of me which the photos like every time i look back at the shots they've taken i just go back to the fact that like this wasn't in the cards like mm. wasn't in the cards for me as a young kid mm-hmm. i kind of figured i'd end up like at best like i'll be confined to the brace on my leg for a good, with the rest for the rest of my life, not expecting that it would finally come off, and then so many opportunities to finally exist, to break mm-hmm. free of the, to break free of all the of everything that has been before, and begin to chart my own destiny, which is still carrying on to this point. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you have, um, like, do you have people around you who have helped like model that for you, that strength and resiliency that I'm hearing, you know, um, as you're talking about, this is what I thought I was going to be. And now look at where I am. Do you have people who have kind of helped shape that mindset too? For example, like the first person, person is my sister. Mm. She, the first, she's the person that like with that unwavering be- faith and belief that I can like that I can be me and just be more than just the sum of the of everything that has been like I get my inspiration I get a lot of my inspiration from her mm-hmm. like I like, if it wasn't for her like I wouldn't like lo- have the love of traveling the world as I do if it wasn't for her, like live mute, I wouldn't like love live music as much as going to live music as I do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't love I wouldn't love going to theater as much as I do if not for her. So she's like the she's a major she's a major inspiration in my life. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love that. You also said something that like, I just, I think I need to reiterate um, just for everybody to like re- hear it more than once. Right. Um, and you're, you said there is no wrong way to have an outlet for our emotions. Um, what a powerful statement, uh, because I think that we hear um, or get told through various, you know, outlets or projections in society that, Um, there are ways that we should specifically handle our emotion and Uh it's really not, it's exactly what you said. It's about being individualized and doing what we need to do. It is. And I admit like that sometimes like that, that like use of emotion, like I'm, I'm an emotional person. Like I'll, like I tend to like get like easily, like, like the emotions like easily come out like frustration, anger, the sadness, like I'll, like I'll like 
instead of like being able to physically say like what's wrong with me like i'll like i'll have the t- it'll come out like me cry- me crying mm-hmm. and it was just like i knew i kind of got a lot of it like back then like boys aren't supposed to cry like mm-hmm. so the, the whole mu- supposed to be strong all mm-hmm. the time but it's just like i no, it's like if you're gonna feel, if you have your like emotions, you have your right to feel them as they as they come. Like there's no sh- there's no shame or guilt in that. Like you're you're able to you're able to feel how you feel, and you have your right and you have as much to be able to channel it in whatever form it come yeah another key point i think you just said too like you got to feel it right we talk Mm -hmm. about that all the time Mm -hmm. like in order to heal it you have to feel it you have to sit with it you have to acknowledge it um and i think i see like your writing is such a powerful part of that of you feeling with it and sitting with it and all of those things so is there anything that else that you want to share with our listeners about your resiliency journey that we didn't touch on the resiliency journey like in the last two years mm-hmm. has only been amplified like i mm-hmm. i'm a bit of a wimp or more like serendipity serendipity i ended up joining the author kathy heller's course meet this is course me to do this mm-hmm. i kind of like i can thank my sister for this one as mm-hmm. she had kathy heller's book don't keep your day job on her bookshelf. Like one day I just happened to catch the cover on in the vision of my eye. And I ended up searching Kathy's podcast and eventually took, took her 2020 vision challenge, which eventually led me to taking me to do this. And over the 12 weeks, I began to read, the resiliency that had been built up all these years mm. kind of came to the fore once again with the fact that I took the course and kind of and stumbled on the discovery that the, my words are the art. That's an incredible story. Yeah, and as a result, like I made it through the program, and eventually, it was the it was the impetus for me to put out my first book of poems a poetic journey staying at home which mm-hmm. all of this coincided with the fact that the pandemic like was just starting and as a result like things snowballed quickly to the point where I was on furlough at work from like from March to July of 2020 so, so it's just like my writing was being the peak again, just as things were going in the opposite direction in, in the day job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a commonality for many people that COVID was a catalyst um, for substantial growth, um, personally, interpersonal growth. It, w- it was like, for example, like I, Back then, I you couldn't get me to like turn on the camera <laughs> for a Zoom call. Heck, even at the very beginning, like the because we had our separate accountability pods, 
So we all had to do an introduction via Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. I drug my feet on having to do that because <laughs> I was because ter- I was terrified to introduce myself to my group. Mm-hmm. So I did it sitting at the bus stop. You can hear the traffic. Like I was just like sitting at the bus stop by myself one evening, and there I just made the I just did the intro. You can hear the bus trap, the traffic mm-hmm. coming in through piped in through the sound because I was so terrified to introduce myself and open myself up to open myself up mm-hmm. and to the point where like I was scared to turn the camera on in the initial zoom meetings that we had initial meetings that we had in zoom but eventually like now now it's like I don't feel nearly as nervous about like being out there in being out there in person like I mm-hmm. if you like see my my Insta, my my feed like that I have at least one video one of those posts a week is me mm-hmm. like reading my one of my pieces out which mm-hmm. it didn't seem like I did it just about almost a year ago just because like I'd gotten like to like not be as static in my posting so it was just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i'll just write like five post five days a week and do little else differently and that so is so brave like, i don't that's the thing like i wouldn't like call myself brave for it it's mm-hmm. just more like another way to like another way to put what i have to put the words out there it's just well, we were talking before we started recording about the fact that many people are told how strong they are or how resilient they are, but inside they don't feel that way. And I think it's the same thing with what you just described that, um, you know, Samantha and I don't put ourselves on camera in our feet. (laughs) Right. And I was thinking just this morning, maybe I'll do one with my face on the feed (laughs) And hearing you talk about it, I'm going, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so your courage is inspiring to others, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel courageous at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it, honestly, like it doesn't, it just seems like to me anyway, like kind of humdrum mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, like I, like I'm just like doing this, like every other like person who, every other poet that's like posting this stuff to Instagram it's like I'm not Mm -hmm. any different than anyone else I'm just purely the words come from my own my own perspective Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that like separates me from everyone else I think a lot of influencers probably feel that way Mm -hmm. that oh what I'm posting isn't any different than anybody else but it is vastly different but also for every person who is posting um, whatever it is, poetry or a recording with their face or cartoon art, you know, whatever they're posting, there are so many, many, many more who are not, Mm -hmm. who haven't found the courage yet to make that leap. And you have. And so um, it, it all comes back down to, we don't feel it in the moment but it really is. It is courageous. It is resiliency. Um, 
and and I applaud you for making those videos because like I said, we don't put our faces in our feed. Mm-hmm. And um and I was thinking maybe I'll surprise Samantha and just throw one up up there one day with my face <laughs> on it. Now she knows that I might do it, but you know, it it takes courage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you shared that because your story about deciding to make the recording introduction um to you know, during the course, then later helped you to be able to record reels for Instagram. I think you'll be an inspiration to others. It's an inspiration to me. It always seems when anyone like tells me like inspiration or like any like, I don't know, I just like blush like, (laughs) like really like, it seems weird to like hear people say that comforting, but it just seems a little comforting when it's like I'm not like in the immediate like presence of someone else but it feels comforting deep down but it just seems awkward at like the immediate moment that it gets said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our post today we were talking about um, positive self-talk and you know our internal dialogue and we're so used to hearing our own internal dialogue that somebody tells us something that is different than our internal dialogue sometimes we we don't accept it, but, um, you know, Samantha says to me quite a bit and there's so many times when she says it, I go, nah, but, um, she'll say, you're one of the most resilient people I know. And I said, well, if you knew the, the chatter in my mind when I'm doing these <laughs> leaps of faith and, and things that I, you know, that we've gone through, but, um, but I think it is, it's so important that you share that because there are other people who, um, you know, I mean, Samantha and I have lots of meetings where we have to be on camera, but the very first time that we had to be on camera for myself, I can't speak for Samantha, but I remember going, oh, I don't want to do this. And we had to for work, you know, we had to finally just do it. And then now it's like, ah, my camera's on and I don't even care what I look like on the camera for work anymore because we've done it so many times. So you get to that point, but I haven't crossed that threshold into being comfortable putting my face on social media for and life happened. So that is an inspiration to me. Samantha, did you have any other questions? I don't know, but I uh, do want to make sure everybody knows where they can follow Oswald um, and get to see his writing and, and all that he's putting out there. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at Oswald Perez 85 you can visit his website at oswaldperez.com um, or you can also get him get his newsletter through Substack, which is oswald.substack.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Oswald. We really appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, so, thank you both so much for having me. Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen to and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.